can't believe we started this podcast without any coffee. I am not drinking coffee today. Well, actually, I had some this morning, but I decided to cut back a little bit. However, I am now glued to La Croix. La Croix? La Croix. A sparkling water. Oh, now this is not good. This is going to not come as a surprise to you, but I can't stand that stuff. <laughs> our, our tastes are so similar. We never agree it's, on anything. It's natural. Yeah. Flavored. Uh-huh. Zero calories. Uh-huh. Zero everything. So why don't you just drink regular tap water? Well, it's carbonated. Oh, you just need a little fizz. I like the fizz. You need a little pizzazz in your life. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. I thought I was enough pizzazz for you, but clearly I am not la croix. La, la, la croix. La, I don't, is that French? Oh, may we? Yeah, no French. Okay. No, no Francais. Hey, welcome to the 23 Podcast. We are just moving and grooving through the season of Lent. We are coming up on the fifth Sunday of Lent this weekend. And just to let everybody know, we record... On Tuesday. Yes. So it's actually April 2nd today. Nobody got me for April Fool's Day. Not even one person. Not even one person yesterday. But did you know yesterday was a one-year anniversary? Or one year, yeah, one year ago yesterday was Easter. Yeah, I've been thinking. So we are already past Easter if this were last year. Yeah, I today I actually was working on the rest of the Easter season masses and looking ahead into the summer, and I'm trying not to let... Usually I wait till after Easter to do that, but with Easter being so late, I'm trying to be ahead of the game. So it's not May by the time I'm thinking about summertime. So, but 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 my big project this week, yeah, and I started it about three weeks ago, but now it's coming to fruition. Yeah, is before this week is over, I will have all all of my homilies for Holy Week. I cannot wait till Holy Week to do Holy Week. That's a lot of homilies. Uh, Holy Thursday. Good Friday, Easter Vigil, Sunday morning. You Although the, the Easter homily. Vigil and Sunday morning are the same. I was going to say. But I didn't say a lot of different homilies, just a lot of homilies. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's exciting. Let's review real quick for those that are listening the upcoming schedule. So the weekend of Palm Sunday is uh, not this coming Sunday, but the week after that. Is going to be the normal weekend mass schedule. However, we're going to start in Roncalli Hall. If people choose to gather in Roncalli Hall and just meet us there and then when we have the procession into the church just take whatever they can find that's their choice however many people will probably gather in church first sure stake out a claim of the pew that they want <laughs> it is a catholic church after all and uh, then we'll, we will ask everybody to go down to ron Kelly hall it's really it's meant to be in two parts sure and two places it's actually the the directives so the first part is Palm Sunday. Yep. The second part is Passion Sunday. And then uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all of those, well, the Mass on Thursday and the Mass on Saturday, and it's a service on Friday, all three of those will be at 7 o'clock. That is correct, 7 o'clock p.m. Correct. And then Easter Sunday morning, which we mentioned last week, but we just want to keep reminding everybody, a special Mass schedule, our first Mass on Easter Sunday will be at? 7.30 a.m. That, that is our version of sunrise. I will uh, we'll open the blinds slowly as Mass begins. And then uh, we have a 9.30 Mass in the church as well as a 9.30 Mass in Roncalli Hall. That is correct. And then we'll finish up with an 11.45 Mass back in the church. And there will not be a Sunday evening Mass on Easter Sunday. Correct. And what we've been telling people, too, is just because there are two Masses at 9.30, we know it's still going to be pretty crowded, 
So of course, if you want just a little bit um, less people, maybe think about 7.30 or 11.45. However, they will be full as well. I had somebody ask me uh, this morning about the, the Easter vigil. What does it entail? And I started explaining that we have people joining the church. There's a couple of adult baptisms yeah. that we start outside with the lighting of the new fire. Mm-hmm. Um, one extra scripture reading. And I then, of course, there other follow-up question, which is a relevant question, is how long will it be? I think they were concerned about, you know, can kids handle it? Only 10 hours. It is, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is about two hours and, I said two hours and 12 minutes, but I think this year with 20 confirmations, it might be a little bit longer than that. Sure. But not much longer, uh, although I'm finding everything takes longer in the new church simply because of the space, the sure. mo- movement. Yeah, so this year will be kind of a new year for all of us as we get used to it. However, we're excited. It's going to be... Oh, and the last thought about the vigil is it might be a couple of hours long, but doesn't it never seems long because there's so much movement. There's so mu- so many different moods and activities going on. Yeah. <laughs> you make it sound like a carnival. Come well, on, we got the beanbag toss. You can, no, win, no. you can win a goldfish. Now you're, you're really, you're really reading into what I said. No, but you know, you have a lighted candle, and then there's yeah. the solemnity, and then there's the, the the litany of the saints, and there's the the praying over people, and the the I wa- love it. The water. The, there's just a whole lot goes on. And then there's a slip and slide after mass outside. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. We can get Paul to set one up. We've got the materials. Well, let's go back to this week, though. It's the Fifth, still in Lent. Fifth Sunday of Lent. I wanted to ask you. You know, this is kind of the period of Lent where we start to lose a little steam. Is that the right word? We're we're starting to lose a little momentum, maybe a little bit of excitement about the Lenten season. So, how is your Lent going, and what you do you do to you know, keep you know, going? You, you know what I found? That's interesting because I was thinking about that probably both Sunday and Monday. That coming down the home stretch. It's just the opposite. I don't lose steam. It's kind of like a renewed energy. Oh, really? It's sort of like, oh, good. Would it surprise you that we view this differently? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, well, I used, to, I used to run track when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I know that you come down, especially if you're running something like uh, uh, that has three or four, four laps around the, the, uh, the oval. Uh-huh. And you come down to the fourth one. And of course, you're tired. But that's really when you... You kick into it. You give it all you have for the last stretch. That's good. And that's kind of how I feel right now. That's good. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Okay. So are... I am excited because I've been letting the readings guide me through Lent this year rather than superimpose, you know, something artificial. Sure. Uh, I've also been doing a lot of uh, spiritual reading during Lent. Uh, I like to do that where you just, you know, and I don't like to just say, read books of theory. Now, this is spirituality. I like to see it lived, and so I always read books on uh, uh, holy men and women or saints sure. or the words directly from people who have lived well. Sure. So uh, speaking of uh, spiritual reading, we uh, had a wonderful... I, I'm going to make this segue work. I know it, did, it doesn't seem like it will, but um, we had a great service last night for Lent. And what really struck me was the fact that you used the second reading from Sunday, that whole idea of being made new. A, a new creation. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Uh, it was well, you, our, you told me to use it. Don't you remember? You said last I, week, this would be good for penance service. I mm-hmm. did say that. I didn't tell you. I, do, I don't do know it. if you listen to me, but I do listen to you. I was honored that you, you listened. Um, but I, it was probably one of our biggest reconciliation services yet. Definitely in the new church. Oh, oh definitely, yeah. Uh, a beautiful celebration. And I, I had a nice time just talking with a couple of parishioners while they were waiting to go to confession. And uh, it was it was a holy, sacred time. I really yes. enjoyed it. Okay, speaking of holy, sacred time, this is the segue. <laughs> our segues are We're all about today. very awkward segues yeah. today. <laughs> I'm going to read the gospel for this coming Sunday. But actually, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to ask you to read it. I've got a little tick on my throat. So as I escape the microphone for a moment, I'm going to ask you to read the gospel. All right. Uh, John, John chapter 8. All right. John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning, he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on do not sin any more. There are about four or five different ways to look at this reading. The first one is, what is stoning all about? Mm-hmm. Why was it allowed? This was not a Roman form of execution, and this was a Jewish form of execution. Uh, that was one thing. Number two is, what did Jesus write on the ground? Everybody always wants to know that. Number three, what's the most important line in the whole reading? And if you say the very last line, you're right. I, well, that, you didn't even give, have to give me a hint. You just gave me the answer. Yeah. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. And, of course, there's also the whole thing about their insincerity. They they were just trying to test him. It was not about the woman. You know, she was just a prop in this whole uh Scheme. Scheme of things to yeah. catch Jesus. So There's a lot uh, of layers to this. There's a lot of layers so to this. So which direction are we going in this 20 Well, minutes? I've been reading about mob mentality. You know, how people in a mob will do things they would not do individually. Mm-hmm. So people get caught up, and they will maybe hear other people yelling, and so they start yelling, and they see people pushing, and they start pushing. And I keep thinking about the... The white supremacy march in in uh, Charlottesville oh, yeah. about a year and a half ago, yeah. and then the the one man who's allegedly from Toledo. I guess he had lived there, lived in Toledo shortly before this happened. Okay, he drove his car into the crowd and killed a woman, mm-hmm. and he was just convicted last week. That's why that was in my mind. Uh, he pled guilty, 
so he avoided the death penalty. But I was asking myself, would he have done this had there not also been that whole mob mentality where people were riled up and almost like pulling the worst out of each other? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so he took it to the next le- next level, feeding off of negative energy. Yeah, and we all we know about mobs through the years, you know, and you know the lynching mobs or you know storming the castle or. Or, or killing Frankenstein's monster, or whatever it was. You know, there's always the mobs. Or the Sopranos. Wasn't that the mob? That was that was that was a different kind of mob. Oh. that was the mafia. <laughs> oh, I don't. Have I, H- and I never watched it. I never, neither did I. I don't have HBO. So the mob mentality here fit in very well, very well, with stoning, and the the reason stoning was done. Think about it. Who actually kills? The stony, who if the woman were stoned, who's the killer? It's everybody. It doesn't take just one stone. It's everybody or nobody. Oh, because it. Oh, I see. I yeah. See. So you can always, you can sort of let yourself off the hook. That it wasn't my stone that did it. Exactly. Now, can you name another time that there's a stoning event in the scriptures? Well, the what came to mind was David and Goliath. Well, that was a different kind of stone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, stay, well, stay, stay in the New Testament. Well, I was just reading that. I have a children's book of David and Goliath that uh, I was reading okay. to the girls the other well, day. Well, you know That's, how it ends, right? David and Goliath? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I got, okay, okay, I got good. that one. Yeah. Uh, another stoning uh, would be, wasn't um, Stephen stoned? Right, but, in the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Only there it, it happened. Here it did not happen. So... Why were they trying to test Jesus at this point? Maybe a little context there would be. Good. Okay, they're they're in Jerusalem. By the way, this is John's Gospel, chapter eight, and pretty much the rest of the Gospel is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is synonymous for where Jesus gets gets uh, killed, but he also rises from the dead. It's mm. the place of the Last Supper. So this is one of the many accounts. It's the scribes and the Pharisees, those two groups. Mm -hmm. They're not the same at all, but they come together because they have a common enemy. Uh, Jesus bothers them. It's he's um, muddying the waters. He's getting people to follow him as opposed to their interpretation of the law. Mm -hmm. And so they just want to get rid of him. And the best thing is to come up with a, it's more than a test, really. It's called a test, but it's almost like a, a sting operation, you know, like that Jesus would fall for it somehow. Yeah. And then they would have grounds to to uh, persecute him. You know, as you were talking about, it's really not even about the woman, that they were using her as a prop was the word that you used yeah. for the scheme. It made me think about how often we do that in today's culture, that we use people as a means to get something that we desire completely overlooking the fact that there are people that are either being hurt or manipulated or exposed as a result of it. Oh, totally. Totally. We use people. And unfortunately I say we, but I suspect I do too at times, but we, we forget the, the individual dignity of every single person. Yeah. And this woman, that's what Jesus, Jesus treated her like a person. What comes to mind for me, just with my recent trip down to the border in McAllen, 
is the individual dignity of every person that is coming across the border seeking asylum uh, or uh, because when you look them in the eye and you see the child or the man or the woman it's it's very hard to then remember them as an entire category you know it's one person at a time and god loves each and every one of those people just as much as he loves me well and even you mentioned the the reconciliation service last night we had a, a big turnout we had six priests. One of the priests that was going to come got six, so we had six instead of seven. I offered to step in, but Father said I'm not allowed. Oh, I didn't even want to ask you. No. <laughs> but there were about, we, next time we should have 10 or 12. Yeah, really, we should. At the same time, there were numbers, but each one was one of a kind. Yeah. It's that individuality. And, and that is part of Catholic theology, to, to think about the common good, like the good of the many, but also the good of each individual. It's not one or the other. And most people tend towards one side or the other. And obviously, the, the, uh, the whole story here could be, you know, um, is Jesus light on sin? You know, mm-hmm. like he, he, he doesn't have her condemned or stoned. No, he's not light on sin. He says, do not sin anymore. Right. But at the same time, he's, he knows that she is more than her sin. By the way, one of the women in the Bible study group on Tuesday morning, this morning, mm-hmm. I asked the question, what do you think that Jesus was writing on the ground? And right away she said, I think he was writing the name of the guy that was with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never heard that version. Yeah. And then she went on to say, hey, and I suspect he was in the crowd watching. <laughs> now, is, oh, isn't that interesting? Does this story show up in any of the other Gospels, or is this no. unique to John? This is unique to John. So there's not another account of maybe what he was writing in the ground? Oh, there's like no that. list, no. Yeah. Uh, the theories over the years are that he was writing, some people say he was just doodling to give them time to think. Yeah. Some people say he was writing their sins. Some people say he was... It's almost like a, a New Testament parallel to the Old Testament. Moses had the, the stones with the Ten Commandments, yeah. and then he's writing on the, on the earth, probably kind of a stony earth with dust over it, that he's writing the commandments all over again. But maybe the New Testament commandments, love your neighbor as yourself, love God first, love your neighbor as yourself. Sure. He definitely wasn't writing his grocery list. Eggs, bread. Milk. There was a snowstorm those, coming those, yeah. to Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love this this uh, this theme of what you talked about of you know treating people as the individual the individual dignity of each person, and you know as we were talking earlier about um, kind of the home stretch of Lent, I, I love that as almost kind of a personal challenge to just be mindful that you know every person that we encounter is is an opportunity for us just to be present to them and not worry about necessarily what the end result is or what the next thing that is coming or um, what we have to do tomorrow, um, but just to be present to them and, and love them in the way that Jesus would. Well, I'm going to play the same game I did with the uh, prodigal son and ask the question, what do you think happened to this woman after this? This is a great game by the way. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what happened? Does she, does she listen to Jesus and say, okay, I'm not going to sin anymore. Does she hang out with her girlfriends and say, boy, that was a close call. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
What, what, what does happen? What's the next step? Or is she so touched uh, uh, by Jesus' tenderness and his willingness to stand up for her that she puts her chin up a little bit higher and she walks with a, a new sense of dignity because, yes, I sinned, I have been forgiven, and now I can go on with life. I think in some ways we experience what this woman experienced, this encounter with Jesus, every time we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. We have a similar experience that we come maybe feeling condemned or burdened or uh, heavy or maybe accused or judged by others. Uh, And we come every single time knowing that he says, I don't condemn you, I forgive you, and go, but don't sin anymore. And it's both parts. It's like, I, I forgive you and don't sin. Yeah. It's, it's not just say, I forgive you and I'll see you back in two weeks, Saturday <laughs> afternoon between 3.30 and your, 4. Your standing appointment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like getting your hair done. Unfortunately, a lot of people do continue because <clears throat> we are creatures of habit, but we hope that gradually we're starting to find the, the grace moments to, re, to overcome the temptations. We do have some other opportunities for the Sacrament of Reconciliation coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks. You have some times here. Yes, and uh, probably the biggie is Wednesday of next week, which would be the 10th. Yes. Uh, April 10th is the light is on. And every parish in the diocese is asked to have someone hearing confessions between 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock p.m. So... Go find a light and go to confession. Even if it's been 30 years, this is the Lent for you. Okay. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you next week. Take care.